the rushing glen. Dare not go a hunting for fear of little men. You see, nobody ever goes in. Nobody ever comes out. And now details on the sudden announcement that has captured the attention of the entire world. Hidden among the countless billions of Wampa bars are five gold tickets. And to the five people who find them will come the most fabulous prize one could wish for. A lifetime supply of chocolate. This is the episode where Jim gets real worked up over a probable octogenarian. Ah, hell of a way to start off season six. Let's start it in a rage, everybody. Welcome. So he's like 89 in the book. The actor who played him was like 65. Looks 99. Yeah, so he's maybe an octogenarian. Jim, uh, say hi to the people out in podcast land. Hello, everybody. Welcome to season six hope you guys liked our season six prologue the watch along of independence day with our boy mag ch and ola for me kevin this is the pool scene podcast this week we will be discussing the oldest movie we've ever covered from 1971 going way back way way back sometimes i keep forgetting this movie came out in 71 like growing up as a kid i was like ah this might have came out in 79 well there's an interesting fact the director purposely tried to not show automobiles okay because he did not want a date attached to this movie. This movie also, when you look at the exterior scenes, it definitely thought, oh, I definitely thought for the longest time that this was filmed in Germany. It was. Oh! So. Yes! I actually have a note later about that exact thing. So for some reason, despite Charlie being American, yeah, I always thought this was london 
See, that's what I thought too. I thought it was London. And then I, I was like, I, I don't know why, but it was filmed in Germany. This makes no because sense. Because it, it made, makes worse sense. Because it made, it was way cheaper to film in Germany. So okay. they filmed this in Germany. Yeah. So <laughs> I can't place exactly when, probably middle school ish, but. Explains Augustus Gloomp then and his mom yeah, in Germans. But I can definitely remember a period in time where I would have said that this was my favorite movie. I liked this movie as a kid, but there were scenes in this movie that damn near scared the hell out of me. So, of course, Chocolate Psycho and the Hot Dog Flavored Grandpa. <laughs> William Wonka, Charlie Bucket, Veruca Salt, the Oompa Loompas, all inside a magic factory? Yeah. Of course, correct title, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, directed by Mel Stewart. I'd imagine only a few of you, at most, have seen another Mel Stewart movie. I could not name another one. They're very old. Like, like even beyond this. Oh yeah. Like forties, fifties type old. No idea then. Yeah. The movie is based on the 1964 old doll novel called Charlie and the chocolate factory. The story of how this movie was made has always been interesting and a beacon of a bygone era of studio filmmaking. So now you got to jump through hurdles to like make anything. Somebody's got to pick it up. Like you have to have like proof of concept, blah, blah, blah. Basically Mel Stewart's 10 year old daughter read the book. She asked her dad to make it into a movie. <laughs> must be nice. Hey, so dad. The producer that he typically worked with guy named David Wolper was actually in the process of negotiating with Quaker Oats to make a tie in vehicle to introduce their new candy bar. Okay, so interesting. Quaker Oats had a subsidiary in Chicago who was introducing this new candy bar, and they were like, we want an interesting way to market this. So he was actually planning on like writing a movie revolving around a candy bar so that they, so it was like a match made in heaven. Oh, it's perfect then. Yeah, so that producer, David Wolper, convinced Quaker Oats, I feel like he pulled the wool over their eyes because they had never done anything like this. He, he pulled the Wolper over yes. his eyes. He convinced them to buy the rights to the book in order to make the movie to promote the candy oh, bar. Such a sucker move. He's like, hey guys, go buy the rights to this book. Okay. Put it on your, put it on your tab. Awesome. Roll doll was initially hired to write the screenplay, but he couldn't meet the writing deadlines. Like, I don't know if he, I mean, he's a book author, not a yeah. screenwriter. So they had strict deadlines and he couldn't meet them. So they brought in another writer. Dahl fucking hated the movie. <laughs> I could see why. Basically, his hangups were changes from the book to focus more on Willie. That Slugworth was like one mentioned one time in the book is like in passing. And then Slugsworth or Slugworth yeah. ended up working for Willy Wonka. He hated the fizzy lifting drinks. He hated most of the songs. And I'll tell you who did not hate the movie. The majority of people who saw it. Jim, please break down any budget and box office information you have along with number ones and news from this time. So Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory debuted on June the 30th, 1971 to a mere $3 million budget, and it only made $4.5 million. Yeah, no one saw it. So nobody saw the damn thing. Not until later. Not until later. It made more money. VHS, beta, In 1971, it was... Real to real. Yeah. <laughs> 35 millimeter. In the news, Kevin, the final broadcast of one of the most amazing talk show hosts of all time came to an end when the Ed Sullivan show ended on CBS TV. Ed Sullivan, as you know, brought the Beatles to yeah. the United States, and that was Ed Sullivan's big moment in the sun. The New York Times begins publishing excerpts from the Pentagon Papers. Now, the Pentagon Papers revealed 
a lot of behind the scenes shit about what was going on in Vietnam and kind of blew the whole lid off the war or what most people at the time referred to as a police action. I would imagine presumably also that um, the Pentagon Papers led to the government getting more authority to not let stuff like that be released. They locked it down, except when it came to Watergate, of course, yeah. three years later, and that's when it blew up all over again. But it proved how much of a clusterfuck Vietnam was. And speaking of Vietnam, the North, come on, Ho Chi Minh himself was demanding that the United States end their aid to South Vietnam. Guess what? Didn't happen. Quite frankly, probably should have left Vietnam. Actually, never should have went to Vietnam, if you think about it now. Hey, George! What's up, buddy? Welcome to season number six. Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael. Welcome to the Sports Machine. And there's one big sports story, Kevin, that happened in and around this time in 1971. And I'm going to do this in the voice of Howard Cosell. The Supreme Court, with an eight to zero vote, overturns the draft evasion and conviction of one Muhammad Ali, born Cassius Clay. Ali set free. And you know what? Give it to Ali for literally ripping up his draft card. And you know the whole spiel. I can't repeat what he said about yeah. the Vietnamese. But damn right. He had, you know, you look I, back on it in history. Good for him for what he did. I can't remember what it's called, but I have this um, Monday Night Madness something or another movie. And it's basically the Howard Cosell story. I think I've seen that. He's played by John Turturro. To John Turturro playing yeah. Howard Cosell. The Jesus, yes, plays really, really weird. The best voice whoever has been able to do Howard Cosell by far is Billy Crystal. Hello, everyone. Howard Cosell coming to you live from Zaire. Some would pronounce it Zaire. They're wrong. <laughs> it got big laughs. And then I went into the Ali. Everybody's talking about George Foreman. I want to talk about George Foreman. George Foreman was ugly. He's just so slow. George was slow. I come out, voop, voop, voop. And then I have a rope a dope. I rope a dope, George, and I'm still fast at 33 years of age. I'm so fast that I can turn up the lights, be in my bed before the room gets dark. Because when he did Muhammad Ali's funeral, he did a whole bit as Howard Cosell. Abs it goes on for 20 minutes. Wow. Where he would do excerpts from every interview he had when he was Cassius Clay all the way to Muhammad Ali. Mama called him Clay. I call, I call him, him Clay. The number one movie in America, Kevin. I know. I don't think you've seen this. Neither have I. Of course, we were nowhere near being born yet. Love Story was the number one movie in America. The shaking no on your face explains it all. Very because, creative title. Yeah. Love Story. What are we going to call it? Ah, fuck. Fuck it. Love Story. Good. Do it. Write it on a book. It fuck, works. Fuck movie. <laughs> Ultimate fuck movie. Carnal picture. The number one song in America, delivered by the great Carol King. It's too late. I feel the earth move was the number one song in America. And that's all that was going around in and around this time on June the 30th, 1971. Well, we may or may not get into some 1971 songs that, God, how many 1971 songs? Dude, when like, I was looking at the rundown, I was, I was like, like oh, these were all released in the same year. What an amazing year for music. Not an amazing time for our country. Yes. Let's peel back the wrapper and bite into the plot. Now, we wouldn't want to bite into the candy bars in this movie because the chocolate bars in this movie were made of wood. 
Really? Yes. It explains why the fucking proprietor of the candy shop just gave all that fucking candy out for free, except for Charlie Bucket. There's a theory about him. Who had to pay who? What, did he was on a watch list? I'd agree well, with that. Be- because in one of the scenes, one of the kids is like cleaning over the counter and he lifts the counter and whacks the fucking kid in the face. <laughs> and you can see it in the movie. And then they were like, so he whacks the one kid. He gives out candy to rich kids. But Charlie, he has to pay. Which is bullshit because there's a child labor law issue. I'm bringing this up in so logic. So he's like discriminatory against... Poor people. Against poor people, yes. Fucking prick. Classist. Who can take a sunrise, sprinkle it with dew, for it in chocolate and a miracle or two. It's the candy man. The candy man can... Several years before our story takes place, Willy Wonka shuts the doors and locks the gates to his chocolate factory. Because the SWAT team's coming in. Yes, because his rivals are trying to steal his recipes, namely Arthur Slugworth. (sighs) Present day, as dirt poor Charlie Bucket is on his way home from his paper route, a contest is announced where five golden tickets are hidden inside Wonka bars. Those who find a golden ticket get to tour the factory and receive a lifetime supply of chocolate. Oh, great. I love wood chocolate. Yes. When Charlie tells his bedridden grandparents about the contest, (laughs) Grandpa Joe explains that all the workers lost their jobs when the gates closed and no one knows how the candy is being made since. We'll find out here shortly all about that. How old is Willy Wonka? 209. I would say so. He has magic. So. Yeah. The first four tickets are quickly found by fat kid stereotype Augustus Gloop in Germany, by spoiled rich girl Veruca Salt in England, her dad's in the nut business, gum-chewing world record holder Violet Beauregard in Montana, and by television junkie (laughs) aptly named Mike TV in Arizona. Michael Television. Michael Television. (laughs) When each winner is shown on television... The same ominous, odd-looking man is seen behind each of them whispering something. Charlie notices this. When it's announced that a millionaire casino owner in Paraguay found the last ticket, Charlie says FML and abandons all hope. I wish Charlie would just say, fuck this! He jumps off a building. (laughs) But then Charlie finds some money in the gutter, as you do, enough to buy a candy bar and enough to buy his Grandpa Joe one because... Fuck his mom and his other three bedridden grandparents. Am I right? Yeah, exactly. Fuck all of them. And Mrs. Bucket has like three night jobs. Yeah. Just then, Charlie overhears that the fifth ticket was faked. Charlie opens Grandpa Joe's candy bar and finds the fifth ticket. While running home, the weird dude he saw on TV with the other winners appears and introduces himself as Slugworth. May I introduce myself? Oscar Slugworth, president of Slugworth Chocolates Incorporated. Now listen carefully because I'm going to make you very rich indeed. Mr. Wonka is at this moment working on a fantastic invention. The everlasting gobstopper. Arthur Slugworth. And offers a reward for Wonka's latest creation, the everlasting gobstopper. Gobstopper. Grandpa Joe can walk and run and dance and everything now that Charlie's won. Fuck you! They arrive at the factory where inside they learn that Wonka is off his rocker. And the factory is a wondrous hellscape of unbelievable sights, such as a chocolate river where Augustus, I guess, dies. Yeah. We meet the Oompa Loompas. Violet gets turned into a giant blueberry. Dies. 
Mike gets shrunk. Dies. Charlie and, his, and then Veruca is a bad egg. Died. Charlie and his grandpa Joe almost get shredded in a ceiling fan after drinking fizzy lifting drinks. Should have died. Have to burp their way down. <laughs> after Charlie and Joe are the last ones standing, Wonka tells them to fuck off and die. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. You bumped into the ceiling, which now has to be washed and sterilized, so you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Fuck you. Die. That's what he says. Actually, he does say the... Good day, sir. Yeah. You lose. <laughs> he says that they're disqualified from the prize because they drank the fizzy lifting drinks. When Joe says that Charlie should give Slugworth the everlasting gobstopper that they were each given, which is kind of a dick move. It's a very, very dick Grandpa move. Grandpa Joe's like, just throws it out there. And he's like, yeah. he's very bitter, but he's like, uh, you should give Slugworth the everlasting gobstopper that you were given. Charlie, in an act of humanity, I guess, puts it down on Wonka's desk and says, no, fuck you. You die. <laughs> and uh that's that was the key to everything because wonka was looking for someone he could trust to give the factory to and declares charlie the winner slugworth was actually an employee of his charlie and joe take a ride in a magic elevator with wonka uh, that's a wonka vader yes a wonka vader charlie will receive the factory when wonka retires and interestingly enough when gene wilder died in 2016 peter ostrom who played charlie, charlie bucket changed his twitter profile to say veterinarian former child actor inherited the willy wonka factory oh, on cool. like the day that gene wilder died that's cool yeah so let's get in characters gene wilder as willy wonka the best i mean i hate this movie for a lot of reasons but gene wilder he's incredible amazing yeah he's incredible they considered Dudley Moore. Wow. Once Gene Wilder auditioned, they were like, you, you know, actually the director chased him down in the hallway and was like, you're doing this fucking movie. And the producer was pissed because he was like, we didn't, when you gave away the role, we didn't have time to negotiate a price. So he pretty much was like, yeah, he can blank check. Imagine Dudley Moore showing up to the audition. You know, he was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Jack Albertson is Grandpa Joe, Jim's favorite. Fuck him. Peter Ostrom is Charlie Bucket. Ray Kinnear is Mr. Salt. Julie Don Cole is Veruca Salt. Now, the interesting thing about, I'm not going to name all these kids. Most of them didn't really do anything else. But the interesting thing is if you watch the commentary track on this DVD, it's all the kids. Oh, really? Re like recalling things from the movie. Like, they were strictly forbidden from taking anything from the set. They fucking all took stuff. Good. They took like props and whatever they it was wanted. also the commentary. Did it also feature Ben Affleck talking about why the fuck would they go up on an asteroid? <laughs> yeah. It's just Ben Affleck interjects. Was it uh, Jeremy Piven saying that they just <laughs> did what they wanted? And, he had malaria. He yeah. did what we wanted. A really bad filmmaking um, tip or piece of information from this movie is that they had Violet in that blueberry blown up yeah the costume. huge thing they broke they broke for lunch they left her in it and they left her in it <laughs> because they had to continue filming and they said they kept having to roll her over because she was losing circulation of like all her limbs so they literally had to squeeze her yes pretty much the oompa loompas now this is interesting were known on set as very hard partiers and they all Dude. rented Dude. a limo and every night would take a limo to all the bars Okay, we talked about previously how we wanted to know the behind the scenes on the We Are the World music video. 
I would love to have seen footage of the little people as yeah. Oompa Loompas fucking just getting rip-roaring drunk eight, high. Eight Oompa Loompas getting in a limo. Doing coke. And you know they probably didn't get all the makeup off before they went. No. So they had like smeared orange on their face. Oh. So something interesting about the Oompa Loompas that I never knew until today in doing research. There was a girl. There was a girl. One Oompa. of them was a girl. Could not have told that no, one. No, they all looked pretty much the same. A lot of them didn't speak English. So, so they were all German, they I would assume. No, they tried to cast them in Germany. There's, there wasn't enough little working people. little people. Yeah. So they had to go elsewhere. Some of their songs took 50 plus takes oh. because they had to mouth the words. Because most of them didn't speak English. Yeah, and most of them didn't speak English. So it's like, hey, guys, we need all eight of you to mouth the words correctly. It's probably like, how many takes were like seven of them were like, this is what you get when you guys are down. The other one's like, just down there. So I'm assuming... The ones that had like the one the one to one shot Oompa Loompa had to have known English or they ADR'd yeah, it in. Yep. What do you get when you guzzle down sweets? Eating as much as an elephant eats. What are you at getting terribly fat? What do you think will come of that? I don't like the look of it. All right, let's move. Well, first, what uh, what actor or actress gives a passable performance? Does any non-lead character steal scenes? Who's Fuck, your favorite? Fucking nobody. It has to be Willy Wonka. As creepy as Willy Wonka is, Gene Wilder just encompassed everything about Willy Wonka. I loved him as a kid. Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look and you'll see into your imagination. Like it was amazing. Like this movie, I loved it. He's a fucking psycho. I thought Charlie's pretty good. There are only two tickets left, you know? Just two. Pretty soon, just one. I wonder who the lucky ones will be. Well, in case you're wondering if it'll be me, it won't be. Just in case you're wondering, you can count me out. Charlie. There are a hundred billion people in this world, and only five of them will find golden tickets. Even if you had a sack full of money, you probably wouldn't find one. And after this contest is over, you'll be no different from the billions of others who didn't find one. But I am different. I want it more than any of them. I mean, unbelievable. And let's uh, give it to Miss. Let's give it up to Mrs. Bucket. Yeah. For God's sakes, man! Look at the house in which they live. She's pulling down two jobs. Yeah. Meanwhile, the freeloading grandparents are doing fucking nothing in a bed. Looking at a nine-inch TV. Until you find out that uh, they want a golden ticket. And then yeah. They're like, they're, they're it was cool. an insurance scam. All right. Let's find out which scenes made a splash. Uh, for best for <laughs> best characters, I, yeah, I've got like Charlie. I mean. I love Charlie. I think the girl who played Veruca played a great spoiled oh yeah. little She's brat. She still acts. Does she really? Yeah, 50 years later. Wow. You want to go first in best scenes? You want me to kick it off? Okay. Now I'm using this word best very subjectively. When Charlie finds a golden ticket in the storm drain and he comes home, Grandpa, Grandpa, look what I found. I found a golden ticket. All of a sudden, Grandpa Joe, after 20 years of not being able to fucking stand shit, piss, or whatever, all of a sudden, I haven't done this in 20 years. I never thought my life could be anything but catastrophe. But suddenly I begin to see a bit of good luck for me. Cause I've got a golden ticket. 
Guess what? It's ours, Charlie. Yep. Makes up a fucking song and dance routine. Nobody, and I repeat, nobody. Not Mrs. Bucket, not Grandpa George, not Grandma Georgina, not Grandma Josephine. Oh, never ever say, Joe, yeah. you can walk. No atrophy. No atrophy. You're they, great. There's four people in one bed. One bed. Yeah. There's stains. That house has got to smell. Yeah. It's got to be rank. I remember watching that as a kid going, how is this possible? I I just, I, that movie, that made me feel uncomfortable as a kid to see like, God, their, their beds in like the kitchen or it's sort of like, it's one room. Oh yeah. It's like an open. It's like the main room. But then there, I think there's Charlie's room. He has his own separate room or at least it's behind like a fucking curtain or something. (sighs) That's also the laundry room. But how many jobs is this kid doing just to get like one pence? To get a yeah, walk up bar. That's why I never thought it was America because, like, I'm always like, he has a coin. It is 1971, but he has like a one coin that doesn't look like an American coin. And then he goes buys two candy bars. With yeah. It. It's been weird. It blows my mind. Uh, my first best scene is uh, you started bringing up the hell ride in the boat. Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing. Oh, it's a nightmare. They have to board a boat in the Chocolate River to get to their next destination. It's it's peaceful and nice for a couple minutes. Until they get to a tunnel, and it then it's into like, a hellscape. Yeah, and Ver- Veruca's dad is like, "What are you? What are you getting at, Wonka?" <laughs> inside the tunnel, there's like psychedelic lights. There's projected images of bugs. It's a '70s acid trip. And yeah, and it's like they're spinning and flying. Oh. The whole thing's like a, a Disney ride from hell. It's bad. Violet asks, is this some sort of freak out? <laughs> and then Grandpa Joe fucking loves it. Oh, he's, he's fucked like, up. Charlie, this is fucking fun. This is how I got out of the war. Yeah. And then uh, Wonka starts, like Jim says, to, he's like scarily singing at first. It's maniacal like, singing. no way which way we're going. Going. And then he's like, ah! he starts <laughs> screaming and shit. It's so weird. And then the boat ride just ends. Yeah. It just stops at its destination and then they get off like nothing happened. It's super scary. So my next one, it's the fizzy lifting drink terrorist action. Okay. Let's take a drink, Charlie. Nobody's watching. Yeah. A small one won't hurt us. Whoops. Grandpa Joe, yep. that piece of shit. Grandpa Joe decides to take it upon himself. The pull what a kid would normally do. Like, Charlie, let's drink this. What's the worst they can do? Next thing you know, they're heading to decapitation country. Yeah. Boy, do I! Hey, Grandpa, I can't get down! Help! Grandpa, the fan! Stay away from Charlie. It'll chop us to bits. We're in trouble, Charlie. I can't stop. It's pulling me in! I can't stop. I can't stop. What do we do? Grab hold of something quick. Where they almost die, which they stumble upon the fact is if they burp, yeah. they fall back down to earth, glide back down to yes. earth. After they have told repeatedly, you would think, Charlie, let's not fucking touch anything. No. Let's just enjoy this. We're the last ones yes. left. You know, we can say, hey, we survived the Wonka factory. No, let's take it upon my old fucking ass who's worthless. Hey, let's just let's go to town. Let's break all the rules. And what is that teaching your grandson? What is that teaching him? Yeah. That scene pisses me off. Well, before all of that, 
before all our kids, the main characters are murdered. When they first enter the factory and we, so they, the snozberries are snozberries. They lick the wallpaper. When they enter the factory, they see oh. the chocolate river. Everything is edible. They're giant flowers. They're taking bites out of them. Come with me. Yes. So Wonka sings, exactly. Wonka sings a song about it. We meet the Oompa Loompas. It's go, all going so well until Augustus eats out of the chocolate river. Augustus, sweetheart, save some room for later. Oh, uh, Augustus, please, don't do that. My chocolate must never be touched by human hands. Please, don't do that. Don't do that. You're contaminating my entire river. Please, I beg you, Augustus. My chocolate Gets sucked up in like a tube. <laughs> yeah. And then he, while he's stuck, the pressure builds up and Grandpa Joe's like, The suspense is terrible. He, he's going to go this time. I hope it'll last. Go on, boy. Go on. This is terrible. He'll never get out. Yes, he will, Charlie. Watch. Remember you once asked me how a bullet comes out of a gun? Augustus gets shot like a bullet through the tubes. Dead. Dead, probably. Okay, play off what you just said. When they first enter the chocolate factory, there's this big contract. Standard form of contract? Don't talk to me about contracts, Wonka. I use them myself. They're strictly for suckers. Yes, but you wouldn't begrudge me a little protection. A drop. I don't sign anything without my lawyer. My broker don't sign anything either. Then she don't go in. I'm sorry, rules of the house. I want to go in. Don't you dare stop I'm me. I'm only trying to help you, sweetheart. Give me that pen. You're always making things difficult. Nicely handled, Baruka. She's a girl who knows where she's going. Violet. Oh, wait a minute. What's all that small print there at the bottom? Oh, if you have any problems, dial information. Thank you for calling. They have to sign. Yeah. It's massive. But as it gets lower on a contract, the print gets smaller and smaller until it fades away. And I just love it. It's a, it's a quick scene. Violet's dad say, what's this all about, Wonka? What does this all say? And he just rifles off stuff real quick. He just, just sign it. You'll be fine. Just sign it. And all of a sudden, Mike TV, I'll just sign it. And all these kids are signed. They don't ever read the fine print. There's another lesson. Yeah. Always read the fine it's print. straight up says you will be murdered. It literally does. Yeah. The Wonka speaks five different languages in this movie. He does. Meine Herrschaften, schenken Sie mir Ihre Aufmerksamkeit. That's not French. Sie kommen jetzt in den interessantesten und gleichzeitig geheimsten Raum meiner Fabrik. I can't take much more of this. Meine Damen und Herren, der Inventing Room. Uh, Latin, German, French, some sort of pig Latin. Yeah, it's um, weird. The last thing I have to mention: the songs. So, oh, they're Candyman. When the uh, the classist Candyman sings oh, the Candyman can, which was a guy Rat Pack guy charted with that song. Oh, is it? Uh, it's not Sinatra. Yeah, the one eye guy. The oh, Sammy Davis, Sammy Davis Jr. Jr. Sammy I don't know Man why. I could, can. Don't know why I couldn't place that. Uh, Willy she, Wonka can. Uh, can, can. Candyman can cause he mixes it with love and makes the world taste good. Makes the world taste good. Cheer up, Charlie. All the songs in the factory. What would you say your favorite one is? Um, probably, you know, if you want to view, yeah, that's probably that's my favorite. I like the Oompa Loompa songs. That's really because good. Because they, it's simple. They superimpose like the really bad Chiron graphics. Oh, it's the best. Like, what do you get when you guzzle down sweets, eating as much as an elephant eats? And snorting as much cocaine as you can possibly snort yeah. after the cameras have been cut yeah so that's that's the last uh, yeah. thing i have to mention you got who would else? you say real quickly who's your favorite out of all the kids with all their scenes they're associated with or their death scene what's your favorite my favorite death scene your favorite death scene i always liked uh violet violet you're turning violet holy toledo what's happening to your face cool it dad let me finish yeah but your face is turning blue 
Violet, you're turning Violet, Violet. I love Veruca because she has such a great death. Don't care how I want it now. Yeah, and she sings a song. Uh, Don't care how I want it now. Yeah, I sing that to my kids all the time because they're so (laughs) ridiculous. But she says, I want the feast. I want the bean feast. I'm like, what is a bean Bean feast? So you're telling me you go to a Mexican restaurant, you just get a ton of refried stick on a plate? It's a thing. There's a, it's an English term for something else that doesn't, I don't think involve beans, but a bean feast. Oh, and you know what it is? It's when um, like an employer throws a party for their employees. Okay. So it's called a bean feast. Weird fucking terminology. English, man. The English in Germany via America. I like the scene where Willy Wonka pulls out a gun and shoots one of the Oompa Loompas. <laughs> just right in the head. Just fucking. Just, he well, didn't listen. Yeah, he says, this is what happens when you guys don't do what you're supposed to. <laughs> this is what happens when you. You're not taking that damn limo tonight. <laughs> that purple and gold limo. You son of a bitch. Staying here in the factory. You're not allowed what to. What did I tell you about the Wonka Vader? Yeah. You're scared of a vicious kid. You <laughs> fucking wang doodle. Vicious kid. Does that mean Wonka? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Phil Collins would have been great in that role. I'm just saying. All right. Well, if there's a pool at fucking Wonka World, I don't want to get in it. I don't want to get out of it. I just don't even want to be there because I don't want to be killed in the chocolate factory. (laughs) So. (laughs) Chocolate pool check. This is the oldest movie we've covered, as we said, 1971. Yeah. The movie's 50 years old. Crazy. So we thought it'd be interesting to pick our top songs of 1971. Again, I cannot believe all of these songs were released in the same year. It is a banger of a it's year. It's crazy how many of these songs were released in the same year. Even like, I picked one that I don't like necessarily, but just to talk about it, all the honorable mentions, it's just like, how were these released in the same, like what? What was in the drugs? Oh, my God. When you look at this list, it's uncanny. A lot of these, I was like, oh, this had to be late 60s. No, 71. So I'll start first. Uh, Again, there's a song, Smiling Faces Sometimes by The Undisputed Truth. Smiling faces, smiling faces, tell lies, and I've got proof. So I only picked this song for one reason. There was an MTV show called Catwalk. Do you have any recollection of it? I do not. It aired for two seasons between 1992 and 1994. I have never, ever heard anyone else talk about it, bring it up in conversation. I think I was on the Wonka boat and imagined this because (laughs) if I couldn't look it up, I mean, it's like I remember watching it. It's um it starred Nev Campbell. It's about Really Nev. Yeah, it's about six twenty somethings who form a band called Catwalk. And so it's, it's about, Party of Five meets the Heights. It's very much Okay. Exactly that. It's Beverly Hills 90210, Melrose, but it's that. It's that same sort of drama, just six twenty somethings in a band trying to play gigs. There was an interracial couple. Okay. Which in 1992. Still taboo. Was kind of taboo. I mean, that's right around the time of like Jungle Fever and some of these other movies. So it started getting introduced, but but they covered that song. Smiling oh, cool. faces sometimes. So that's, I never knew. I thought it was their song. I thought this, oh, this Catwalk song, their single. I didn't know it was a cover. I have to check that out because I like stuff like that. Yeah. How many episodes you say? Or two, two seasons. seasons. Two seasons. Yeah. So my number five. We've talked about it before, and it came out in 1971. Hocus Pocus by Focus. Yeah. 
then there is the one video, which it's not really a video. It's a live performance. It's Gladys. Is it Gladys Knight? I don't know. I think it's Gladys Knight introducing yeah. Hocus Pocus, and they have no idea what's about to hit them. Oh. What this ought, the anticipation of knowing what this audience is going to just be witness to, I like about this. I like that version of Hocus Pocus because the album version, slower. Yeah. And it's different. <laughs> If I hadn't talked about this at length on other episodes, I yeah. would have probably picked it one through five. Yeah. Because it's just like the album version builds and builds and builds, but like this just hits the live right version, face. it's just, yeah, it hits you in the face and then it still builds. It's crazy. It's so like, it's a gym song. The you know, whistling, like a, the yodeling, the, and gotta give a lot of credit to the drummer. That drummer, yeah. I don't know his name off the top of my head, but he doesn't get any credit whatsoever. That dude fucking pounds it. Dude fucks. Hell yeah. Number four for me, Rolling Stones, Wild Horses. Wild horses I know it may come as a surprise, but this is better than the cover from Fear. I was just going to say. Where it. David fingers Nicole on a roller coaster. I'd imagine. <laughs> Some fingering happened to the Stones version too, though. Yeah, probably so, on a tilt a whirl, though. Yeah, it's a it's a better version. It's a great song. I mean, it is. It's one you know. I remember hearing it on like oldie stations and stuff, and you kind of just turn it up and have to have a listen. My next one comes from a TV show and a movie. Isaac Hayes pre Scientology. Who's that black private dick that gets all the chicks? Shaft. You damn right. Nice. God damn, that's Shafty. such a good song. Yep. Who is a man that would risk his neck for his brother man? Can you dig it? It's a great, it's a product of its time. Shaft man. was on WWE Raw. Is uh, Samuel L. Jackson yes. promoting and Shaft? He was, of course. Uh, him and Hardcore Holly. I think it was. He like fought hard. Yeah, whatever. But yeah, that, Richard Roundtree is the Shaft. Yeah. But in that movie, though, didn't they also have Richard Roundtree as John Shaft? And this was like his son yeah, or something right. like that? Yes. Or was his grandfather? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then they made a sequel to that one like way after. There it, was like a Samuel L. Jackson Shaft. And then it was like, Nine years later, they made a sequel to it, but I didn't realize anybody liked the Samuel L. Jackson one enough. You know what? The 70s were known for porno, and I just thought, I mean, Richard Roundtree has a great porno name because oh, he yeah. be Dick Roundtree. Yep. Jesus. Yep. Number three for me, David Bowie, Life on Mars. Oh, so good. Incredible song. Bowie's a legend. Who's in the best-selling show? Who's Life on Mars? Came out the same year as Changes. So Bowie, I mean, there was other Bowie stuff too, but he was having a big year. Life on Mars, incredible. I mean, definitely go listen to that song for our younger audience who may not be familiar. A lot of television episodes I have watched have used yeah. Life on Mars as a template for the whole episode. There's so um, Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou, the Wes Anderson movie. There is So George, who's a French singer, and he does all David Bowie covers. But his cover of Life on Mars is so good. There's an episode of The West Wing called Life on Mars that in you know kind of encompasses the song too. So it's really good. My number three. Oh, 
Oh, dude. Such a fucking good slow jam. What's it's so good. It's mellow. Parentheses, the... Oh, I got to look at that up real quick. It's called like the contingent or something. It's something like so that. So growing up, uh, my mom loved Marvin Gaye. So I listened to a lot of Marvin Gaye on vinyl because I, I talked about it on this podcast before. Pretty much had the Thriller album, had the Saturday Night The Fever Ecology. Soundtrack. Mercy, Mercy Me, yeah. The Ecology. Yeah. So there uh. was Thriller soundtrack, Saturday Night, or Thriller, Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, and then Marvin Gaye. Also, Robert Palmer also did a slight cover of Mercy, oh, no. Mercy Me with Slash, I Want You. Oh, was there dancing girls? I would hope so, because why the hell would you not want to watch a Robert Palmer video without it? My number two, Rod Stewart, Maggie May. Left at all of your jokes. My love, you didn't need to coax. Oh, Maggie, I couldn't have tried anymore. Okay. What an incredible pop song. I feel like this song is so underrated, and it's not... So it's not if you think I'm sexy or glam Rod Stewart. It's got this like um, garage band feel to it. It does. And it's a great melody. It's just a classic song. It's a good place to start with Rod Stewart before he got all makeupy and teased his hair and that sort of thing. So early Rod Stewart. There's a really great scene in um, Lord's Dogtown with Heath Ledger at the end of the movie when he's like right at his ship and things are going good. He's in his garage waxing a surfboard to this song. Great. Heath Ledger singing along. So my number two is a great, great song by the late Bill Withers. We lost him a year ago. Ain't no sunshine. Yeah. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. And she's always gone too long. Anytime she goes away. Ain't no sunshine. Once again, man, it's crazy how many of these songs came out. I know it's unbelievable. It's what can what else can you say about the song? What's unique about it, it also recharted again in 2009. It hit the top 40. I mean, when you can have a song that old rechart nearly 30 years later, come on. It's a timeless one where it definitely doesn't feel 50 years old. No, it doesn't. My number one. Number one. Unbelievable. It's uh, Maggot Brain by Funkadelic. So pre Man. pre-parliament funkadelic, just funkadelic. It's the greatest guitar solo ever recorded. It's a basically a, it's like a nine minute song, and uh, the guitar solo is just so great. It's basically a soundtrack for part of my life. Going to punk bars, you know, hearing Maggot Brain on the jukebox. Somebody'd always play it, and then it's just you hear that guitar kick in. You're a little buzzed. Awesome. I'm quite surprised that we did not have one repeat here, and we didn't repeat here with my number one song. Number one. Just my imagination. I that's my first honorable mention. But it was just my imagination. Running away with me. It was just my imagination. The Temptations, to me, hold a special place in my heart because Ain't Too Proud to Bake is my favorite song of all time, by far, and it helped that I saw that in the big chill. Man, The Temptations. Probably one of the greatest groups, if not the greatest group of all time. I mean, just that Motown. It just They were there from the start of Motown, and it, it spoke to you, and it made you feel things like you never felt before, and especially during this time with Vietnam and social unrest. How did you not just want to go home? with the one you love and put on the temptations. Dewey Cox was scared of the temptations. 
Uh, so the two honorable mentions I have that aren't repeats or crossovers, Superstar by the Carpenters. Nice. Karen Carpenter's voice, incredible. Ridiculous. Storytelling, great. Superstar, awesome one. And then Al Green, Let's Stay Together. Now that song... That's like baby making music. Yeah. But that, there's a great Pulp Fiction. You know, they're in um, Jules and Vinny, Vincent Vega are in the bar and you hear Al Green, Let's Stay Together. Just that one was like, woke me up to that song. So good. Do you have honorable mentions? You had anything uh, else? There, dude, there's so many. There's a ton. I can't. I mean, 1971, I might, how, I, I think there was like a record keeping problem because not all this could have came out in 71. Because initially, Kevin and I were going to do our favorite songs of the 1970s yeah. until I looked at that list. I'm like, holy Just 71. shit. Yeah. Man, it was a good one. You can't do enough honorable mentions because we'll be here all day. All right. Let's uh, carefully get back in the chocolate room. Be careful. Oompa Loompa warning. Everybody back in the chalk pool. <laughs> All right, our critical question this week, it's kind of a lazy one. Would you really want the factory? How did you like the chocolate factory, Charlie? I think it's the most wonderful place in the whole world. I'm very pleased to hear you say that because I'm giving it to you. That's all right, isn't it? You're giving Charlie the... I can't go on forever, and I don't really want to try. So who can I trust to run the factory when I leave? and take care of the Oompa Loompas for me. Not a grown-up. A grown-up would want to do everything his own way, not mine. That's why I decided a long time ago that I had to find a child. A very honest, loving child. Like, oh. how can you just give someone a business, especially a kid? How are you going to, like, that? Kid, how old's Charlie? 12, 13? If the, yeah, and I would like, say, yeah. Hey, 13-year-old, don't make any plans about your future because you're getting this chocolate factory. You better learn about business and don't run this thing yeah. into the ground. First of all, what's the business plan? He's got a workforce that he's going to have to make sure he pays. Yes. You have to make sure. And here's the thing, too. It's a closed chocolate factory. It's not open to the public. So how else are you going to be supplementing your income besides selling all these Wonka bars? Yeah. Are you going to keep the Wonka name? Is he going to branch out and have bucket bars? <laughs> Who knows? Do you want a bucket bar? Fuck it. Wonka Give me a bucket. bucket. <laughs> Wonka, give me a, a bucket of Wonka bars. Hell yeah. A lot of that, what's in the critical question, leads into my biggest logic issues. So first- It all could have been different, Mr. Thanks. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. David, you stay away from that factory. Son of a bitch. Uh, Wonka, he's clinically insane, right? He's nuts. He's certifiable. He, so how long has he been planning this? Like he's been, how many years has the factory been closed? He's been hanging out with Oompa Loompas. Like, okay. The theory is that Slugworth was after his chocolate recipe to find out Slugworth works for him. Charlie, meet Mr. Wilkinson. Pleasure. Slugworth. No, no, that's not Slugworth. He works for me. For you? I had to test you, Charlie, and you passed the test. You won! So he voluntarily shut down his factory. I assume to plan a years-long project where he was going to murder five children. We're talking about Wonka, not yes. Slugsworth. Yes. Slugworth worked for Wonka the whole time. He yeah, wasn't a real was guy. An, it was an inside job. So to find out that Slugworth wasn't trying to steal his recipe because he wasn't real. Yeah. That means Wonka voluntarily shut down his chocolate factory. But so that means that Wonka was spending years planning all of this stuff. So you think Wonka's sitting around with Oompa Loompas and Slugworth being like, at this part, I'll shut the lights out on the boat and I'll start screaming at him. We have to figure out something real quick. How old is Willy Wonka at this time? Are we to believe... You know how he wants to give the, the factory to Charlie once he steps down. Are we to believe 
that Willy Wonka was given the factory when he was a kid and he's been there for 40 well, plus right. years. <clears throat> well, that's and, and that's a whole other thing, too, is like I I ignore the canon of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the Tim Burton movie. And I Gene Wilder was 28 when he filmed this movie. Oh, my God. Jesus. Dude. I I ignore all of that. I ignore the book. Sorry, 38. 38. And look, look at this as a um, as a standalone thing. Like this movie is the canon. I, I don't look at the book. I don't look at the other movie. So but the backstory of Willy Wonka is like he's a world traveler and he goes and rescues these Oompa Loompas who are getting eaten by Wang Doodles and stuff. No Oompa Loompas. From Lumpaland. Lumpaland? There's no such place. Excuse me, Mr. dear lady. Mr. Wonka, I am a teacher of geography. Oh, well, then you know all about it. And what a terrible country it is. Nothing but desolate wastes and fierce beasts. And the poor little Oompa Loompas were so small and helpless, they would get gobbled up right and left. A wang doodle would eat ten of them for breakfast and think nothing of it. And so I said, come and live with me in peace and safety. Away from all the wang doodles and horn swagglers and snoz wangers and rotten vermicious knids. Snoz wangers? Vermicious knids? What kind of rubbish is that? I'm sorry, but all questions must be submitted in writing. And so, in the greatest of secrecy, I transported the entire population of Oompa Loompas to my factory here. So that's a real thing in this world, that these little people are being eaten by something. By eaten by creatures in some other place. What the fuck is happening? Yeah, so, which leads me to my, my ne- like, who developed all of this technology inside the factory? Did the Oompa Loompas come bring it with them? I'm thinking it's part of an exchange. Like, hey, you saved us. We're going to give you this technology. Look, they're able to shrink people. Yeah, because, again, I know they're thankful to, to not be chased by yeah. the Wang Doodle anymore. Hopefully, they're getting paid by Wonka. I would love to see what but a Wang like, Doodle looks like. But Wonka talks about, like, how is he able to develop a shrink ray where he can shrink someone? Or... Fizzy lifting drinks. Uh, manipulate physics in his own building. Yes. Or an everlasting gobstopper, which a piece of candy that's never in- loses invisible. its flavor. It just lasts forever. How? What makes, is Wonka magic? Is he, again, did he bring that magic with, like it's the Oompa Loompas who are responsible? Because what I'm getting at is back to the critical question. Yeah. When Charlie gets this factory, Charlie was like a poor dude. So, like, Charlie can't invent shrink rays and fizzy lifting drinks. He's got to be somehow indoctrinated into this? This is almost a Scientology thing. I think it's a privilege to call yourself a Scientologist, and it's something that you have to earn. It's crazy. It's so crazy. You know how when they show up at the chocolate factory, the coat hooks are hands that move. Mm-hmm. Are those, is that somebody standing behind the wall the entire time with a fucking hand, or is it just decapitated hands with magic power? I don't know. And I, I have so many more questions. Like, we know that Wonka works there. We know that Slugworth works there. We know the Oompa Loompas work there. Apparently that's it. Everyone else got fired when he closed the gates. Yeah. Not since the tragic day that Willy Wonka locked it. Why do you lock it? Because all the other chocolate makers in the world were sending in spies, dressed as workers, to steal Mr. Wonka's secret recipes. Especially Slugworth. Oh, that Slugworth, he was the worst. Finally, Mr. Wonka shouted, I shall be ruined. Close the factory. And that's just what he did. He locked the gates and banished completely. Did that magic exist before he closed the gates? It sure as hell doesn't seem like it So did. it seems like the Oompa Loompas are the key to this, but somebody else has to fucking work for him. Because what do they do? Who boxes? Do the Oompa Loompas box up the chocolate and just leave it outside? And then a third party trucking company comes and picks up the boxes of they candy? They have to have a and cheap- distributed. 
they yeah. have to have someone who a bottling sells plant. to the candy stores. Well, there's at least fucking drivers driving this shit to the candy yes. store because a Oompa Loompa is not going to fucking show up. No. And go, yeah. What no. are you? Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. Somebody has to be, they have to have salesmen. They need distributors. Yeah, it, Especially when you're trying to sell this around the world, there's not going to be one fucking place that distributes all the candy. There's going to be subdivisions in it. I have. They I have, have it in Paraguay. I have some serious concerns about when Charlie takes over this factory. Oh, dude. It's huge concern. And again, it's not even just candy. Like, Wonka has a fucking elevator that flies in every direction. Yeah. It flies sideways and up and everything. It's like, how? This kid literally was scrounging for a golden ticket in a storm drain. Yeah. And he just came to the realization, hey, my grandfather can walk. What is his plan? Like, he was poor his whole life. Now he owns. And does what the fuck does Wonka eat? Does he get DoorDash? <laughs> Do they bring a McDonald's? <laughs> the Oompa Loompas stack two of them. On he has to have an Oompa Loompa chef on staff. Yeah. Because let's be honest. It's a guy that owns a candy factory. Not fat. No. Very slender. He ain't eating a candy. No. Maybe he's a diabetic. He can't eat the candy. Yeah. This is very interesting now that you think about it. The whole. Yeah. The whole. And with that, that chocolate factory being closed down for as long as it did, it didn't seem to destroy much of the city in which it's surrounded. People just see a big tower with Wonka that yeah, keeps lighting so, up. There you go. Why didn't more people show up? So this is a worldwide contest that's Huge. getting all this news coverage and stuff. Yeah. And then it's like basically the only people that showed up for Wonka coming out of his castle for the first time. Now this is it, folks. This is the big day. The historic day on which Willy Wonka has promised to open his gates and shower gifts on the five lucky winners. From all over the globe, people have gathered here waiting for the hour to strike, waiting to catch a glimpse of that legendary magician, Mr. Willy Wonka. Are like the families and just a handful of other people outside. It was a staged walkout, too, because he pretended he had a limp was able to plant the cane and do a fucking somersault and so, go, oh! Weird thing about that scene, that was Gene Wilder's rider for this movie. Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my chocolate factory. They were like, we want you to play Willy Wonka. And he's like, listen, I'll only play Willy Wonka if I could walk out and limp, trip and do a flip and land on my feet. And we can't tell any of the actors I'm going to do it. And then he was like, I also need Richard Pryor. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine Richard, Richard Pryor? Oh my in that? God. Richard Pryor and Jack Bates. Oh, <laughs> Jack Bates. You mean Master Bates. Yeah, Master Bates. Jack, yeah, not Jack. Jack Bates. Yeah. No, I just Jack I just, Brown. I just uh, combine them into one person. It's a Jack Brown wind up at Willy yeah. Wonka's chocolate factory. Yeah, they need uh, Jack Brown and Master Bates together because Jack would win. Oh my! His God. dad would do the Veruca Salt. He'd buy all the candy. Dude, and- Jack fucking Jack Brown and Master Bates in that factory. That's what I mean. He yeah, would, he won it. U.S. Bates would buy oh. a million Wonka bars and and have people open them. He'd yeah. have his newspaper staff opening Wonka bars. Dude. Until he got a golden ticket. And then Jack would fuck or Master Bates, Eric Bates, he would die instantly. This is one because thing. Because he would hit Willy Wonka in the fucking dick. Here, here's the amazing thing. And I brought this up why I love this podcast. We think of stuff on the fly like yeah. that. It's fucking ingenious. It's the ultimate toy. He would ask Willy Wonka if he wanted to see his stepmom naked. <laughs> is say, Fancy going to yeah, be in fucking say, Willy Wonka? You want to see Fancy? And then uh, he'd ask Willy Wonka if he's ever made it. Could there be an Oompa Loompa fancy? Oh, no. <laughs> he'd ask. He gave me no boobs. He would ask Willy Wonka Oompa if he's ever. Oompa Loompa. How long have you been living in this factory? You ever make it? 
you know, with your thing. Yeah. Two. I got so many here. Let's have fun with this. At the very beginning, they're trying to find the fifth golden ticket. In one scene, we are at an auction house. And he's like, this is the very last box of Wonka bars in the country. This is it. Production no more. Do I hear 1,000 pounds? 1,500 pounds? 2,000. I have 2,500 here. 4,000 pounds? 4,500 pounds? 5,000 pounds? Your majesty. So they start off at a thousand pounds. Next thing you know, he's over 5,000 pounds. And then all of a sudden he's like, your majesty. So you're telling me the queen herself showed up to put a bid Mm -hmm. on a golden ticket when the queen could just stroll up and go, I'm going in the chocolate factory. So I was going to wait until the end, but I'll I'll go ahead and introduce this now. My theory, it's an inside job. Wonka decided who, who he wanted to have the golden tickets as evidenced by Slugworth being there each time a golden ticket was found. So are we saying like Slugworth is MI6? Yeah. Okay, so he's British so Willy Wonka Service. basically has been doing recon, looking like like lost, looking for candidates to take over. Okay, and in his own town, because I assume Charlie lives in the same town where Wonka factory is. I found him, Charlie so, Bucket. Yes. So Wonka wants Charlie to find the golden ticket, which is a little far fetched. Because did he did Wonka plant the money there for Charlie to find? To buy the tickets. And then Slugworth planted it in the Slugworth storm drain. Planted, yeah. Like planted or the money. In, planted the money in storm drain. And then Slugworth planted the candy bar that he knew Charlie would buy. Oh my God. And then because everything's coincidental. Like Charlie, when he finds the money is when he finds out the fifth ticket is fake. So that prompts him to go buy like, or actually no, he buys the candy before he finds out. He does. But either way. Slugworth is there every time one of the somebody wins the the chocolate. So there's a theory that Wonka knew he wanted Charlie the to entire take time. over the entire time. So, so the, these other kids, so the Queen was never going to get a golden ticket. So can we also assume that the other kids that have been spied upon, you know, Michael Television, Veruca Salt, Violet Beauregard, and Augustus Gloomp, that they have been marked for termination? Because he knows how bad kids they are. They're bad seeds. Well, see, that's how, not spoil Lost for everybody, but well, Lost is like that. Like, yeah. they bring all these candidates to the island who are next in line to potentially protect the island, take over the island. But And the rest go beyond. Yeah, and but, like, if you're... It's if, the in-between. Yeah, if you fail, you're, like, eliminated. Dude, is that not nuts that the Chocolate Factory is the in-between? It's judgment. Yeah. To decide who lives in... Oh, dude. I swear to God, we're onto something here so much so. Could you imagine what this movie would have been like if the Paraguayan guy was the fifth golden ticket guy? You'd have an older dude... Who's a casino owner, a millionaire casino owner. A millionaire casino owner surrounded by parents and their kids trying to overtake this chocolate factory. So is this guy supposed to... Well, be like a mental child so, as he's going through there and licking wallpaper in front of these children. Well, and that goes back to like, there weren't enough people at this celebration for me because it's a worldwide one, one event. One of the scenes I didn't mention is the guy who invents the robot, the machine. Gentlemen, I know how anxious you've all been during these last few days, but now I think I can safely say that your time and money have been well spent. We're about to witness the greatest miracle of the machine age. Based on the revolutionary Computonian law of probability, this machine will tell us the precise location of the three remaining golden tickets. Which this this scene was filmed. Oh yeah, that dude this, freaks out. This film was this scene was filmed so late that the cast members already had their luggage and stuff on set while they're filming this scene. The very last thing filmed. 
The guy who claims he invented a machine that will tell you where the golden ticket is. Oh. And then it prints out and it says like, better luck next time. And he gets pissed because yeah. he built that to find a fifth golden ticket himself. But I always thought that'd be an interesting dichotomy to have an adult with four other children vying to have the factory. Yeah. Which I wonder, do you think in that very fine print at the bottom saying, if you survive this, you will win the factory? I mean, what incentive? They're not going to get, these kids make it through. They're not going to just get, or what are they going to get? A t-shirt, a pennant saying, I was at Willy Wonka's truck. <laughs> because they can't divulge anything yeah. once they leave there. It, I mean, it all turns out the whole reason Wonka did this was, I think it was to murder five children, but it was actually, okay, so say say Charlie does take the gobstopper and leaves. Wonka has no heir to the factory. Does he do another contest? He would have to. He would keep doing contests until one of them gave the gobstopper back. Here's the problem with the gobstopper. Looking at that thing logistically, would you want to suck on that no. thing? That thing looks like a fucking choking hazard. Why would anybody invent that? It's like the whole idea that, you know, the government has to cure cancer, but if we had it and gave it away. It's like the polio vaccine. Yeah. Jonas Salt gave that polio vaccine away and the government was like, we can't let this shit happen. Again. Yeah. We lost out on billions. I mean, there's there's like conspiracy theories where people say there there have been cars for 50 years or more. They get 100 miles to the gallon, but they won't. Like, but it will sink the yeah, oil company. Exactly. And we're tied. So it's it's like, why would a candy company release a piece of candy that lasts forever unless they were a fucking $100 a piece? Or because they know kids are dumb and they're going to lose it. If somebody lost a gobstopper and you found one, would you eat it? Knowing that it lasts forever, would you like wash it off? And In eat this it? day and age with uh, <laughs> the Delta variant that seems to be rampant out there, I don't want a DV gobstopper. Hell no. I, I always wished gum lasted longer because yeah. it's bullshit. You get some of that juicy fruit. It tastes good for 30 seconds. There, and you're fucking chewing on There's technology. There's technology to make gum last as long as they want. But speaking about it. lasting as long as they want, can we ex talk about the grandparents real quick? How is it possible for people to survive in a bed and not piss and shit everywhere and be dependent on Mrs. Bucket and Charlie for income? So going back to that whole thing, who's which set of parents are her parents? Mom and dad. I'm assuming it's Joe and uh, Josephine. I'm assuming those are her because she's like, hey, dad. And she calls him dad. Granted, so, she can't she can call the other one's dad, but. Yeah. And then Charlie's dad's dead. He's long gone. But in the book, Charlie's dad works for like a dentist or something. His dad is in the book. Okay. And he works. He's like, a, he works at a factory, like a shoe factory or something. Okay. We have no idea about the, the par grandparents' backstory. Charlie, I'm sorry. We're going to kick uh, Grandpa George and Grandma Josephine out on the curb. And like, Gram Grandma Josephine gives. Charlie for his birthday because they can't fucking provide yeah. anything else except they have to knit stuff. I get to let something with tassels. Great. Just what a fucking 11 year old kid wants something to wear with tassels. Yep. This kid gets bullied every day of his life. He's working two jobs. He can't have friends. He goes to the fucking candy man because the candy man can and he doesn't even get free fucking candy. All the other kids get candy yeah. and the candy man is a very like we said, he's a classist piece of shit that he tries to make conversation with the candy man. And it's like the candy man just wants nothing to do with this poor kid. Yeah. Like, here, here's a Wonka bar. Here's the, he gets the shitty square yep. size Wonka. I don't even know what that's not a bar. No, it's like a massive York peppermint yep. patty yep. Wonka bar. I don't get the grandparents. And I, I did not know until you told me earlier that the one was yeah. actually blind. Yeah, Grandpa George has no eyes. The actor who played him has some sort of eye. Whenever they needed him to look a certain place, they like did the cat trick and shined a laser pointer for him to look at. 
so he knew where to look. Why don't you just cast a different actor who exactly. can see? Why do you? But here's the thing: we couldn't divvy out four separate twin size beds. No, they had to prove how poor they were. I fuck. Is, you know, at nighttime, Charlie and his mom just climb on top of the grandparents. Do, does Mrs. Bucket like hose them down when after they piss and shit themselves? I'm, I'm sure. Oh my God. I never understood that. Yeah, that house. Which drives home your point even further. So if Grandpa Joe has been pissing and shitting himself in the bed, when Charlie gets a golden picket, he's fine. Knowing that he can walk. Yeah. Charlie's mom at that point has like a total like total recall of all the memories in her mind of all the time she cleaned up Grandpa Joe's shit. Here's the thing, too. So they're Americans, obviously. Well, at least Grandpa Joe is an American, Mrs. Bucket, Charlie Bucket. So are we to believe that Grandpa Joe is literally frauding the NHS in England, saying that he's indigent, he can't walk, he I can't provide? Know. I don't even. I don't know where this takes place. This fucking guy. I thought it was in Bavaria. I was waiting for that oh. some guy to show up with later hosen and a big ass Stein of beer. Well, my vodka bottles. Yeah. So any anything else with logic? Oh fucking god. Okay. Fucking movie, man. Legacy of this movie. Gene Wilder's performance. Oh, it's legendary. Parodied. A thousand times <laughs> in everything. There was a Tim Burton reboot, which is... Never saw it. Don't want to see it's it. It's terrible. I don't like Tim Burton, really. Except John, for Beetlejuice Johnny and Depp is insane and like, but in a different way. But in, in that one, they give you some teasers about Willy Wonka's pre-factory, like where he went and got the Oompa Loompas and stuff. Now, I will say they're making a, a prequel with Tim, Timothy Chalamet playing Willy Wonka. Really? Yeah. It was going to be Donald Glover, but they are going with Timothy Chalamet. And I think they're going to explain, I hope, how he got the fact why he's fucking crazy. There has to be a reason. And like explain some of that magic or whether the Oompa Loompas give him the magic or whatever. I'm thinking what they could do is one night Willie is leaving a theater with his parents who are very rich aristocrats. They go down an alley and this guy named Jack Napier shoots him. There you go. Kills his parents. And all of a sudden, Willy Wonka's like, I need to avenge this. He becomes Batman. He becomes Willy Batman. Willy Batman. Like Willy <laughs> Will he Batman. Will he Batman. Yeah, great. If they do a prequel, style it as a prequel to this. Not yeah. the Tim Burton one. Yeah, so I don't want the Tim Burton to have anything to do with it. They need the orange Oompa Loompas with the green hair and the drinking the is, problem. Though, can they do... Could you get away with that, though, nowadays, though? What? The Impa Loompas are kind of expl- exploited. Yeah, oh, yeah. And they are little people. It's kind of, I don't know if you can do that anymore. Okay, well, before we wrap up, I will say, so there was supposed to be a sequel to this because wow. it performed well. It was critically acclaimed. Roald Dahl said, no fucking way. <laughs> he said, I am not selling you for any amount of money the rights to, because this the sequel book's called. There is a sequel book. There's a sequel book. It's the about the elevator. It's Okay. Uh, Charlie in the wacky, waving, inflatable elevator, whatever it's called. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, there's a sequel book, and Roald Dahl was like, nope, not, no one's touching it. Absolutely not. No sequel. Probably wrote it in his will, too. You can't touch it. It should be like Willy Wonka the next day. Like, I want to know what happens. Like Porky's. It's like Porky's. Like, Charlie's put on 80 fucking pounds in yeah. 25 years. It's got to be something. God, could you imagine them doing a sequel? What would you do with the sequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Would we get all the questions answered? Just boom, two movies, we're done. I don't know. Because I, I, I want to no know, idea. like, I, I again, I, I feel scared for Charlie because he doesn't understand the amount of responsibility he's taking on by being given. I don't want anybody to give me a business. Yeah. Like, if I'm not ready for it, hey, this is going to be yours. I, no, I don't want it. I like, can't do that. I want a dark sequel. Like, I want it. 
literally 50 years later, people have totally moved on from the Mystica Wonka. Charlie's let everybody down, and it's his grandson that finally wants to bring him back. But listen, my grandfather did something here. Wonka bucket. <laughs> you remember the Wonka bucket? It's a big chocolate bucket. Oh, God. That was his claim to fame was the Wonka. I marketed this at every fast food franchise, and it blew up in my face it's like Monopoly. Yeah. It is his own Monopoly. Stick around for some plugs. This is internet sensation Matt Liller here with the Pool Scene Podcast. Once again, Pool Sceners, thank you for checking out the pod this week. Remember, if you want to know what's going on, any updates, any exciting things coming around the corner, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Pool Scene Podcast. Also, at Pool Scene Pod on the Twitter. Also, if you want to drop us a line, send us an email at Pool Scene Podcast at gmail.com any movie ideas we have some amazing movies coming up if there's a movie you want us to cover let us know you're on the journey with us and now back to kevin hey guys thank you for sticking around for our we went off the rails there with some willy wonka concept dude fuck it this fucking movie enrages me so much i made a youtube video about this over a year ago i went on to a rage between grandpa joe and jenny from forrest gump all right, this is our waste of time. That would be a waste of time. Thank you, Anthony Kiedis. Uh, we may be hearing from you again shortly. shortly. Yeah, we might. Of course, in the following episodes of season six. And I, I don't got nothing in the waste of time. You got anything to kick off the season? Anything you want to talk about? <sighs> this season... What Kevin and I tentatively have scheduled, it's really good. Yeah. Like we've already had the prologue, which was the watch along with Mag CH. I hope you guys liked it. We, you know, just a bunch of friends just bullshitting through a two hour and 34 minute special edition version of the movie, which special edition by far is way better than the theatrical version because we get some backstory, which is really good. You know, we just said a little bit of a, a hint hint uh, of a movie coming up. We just have so many ones that we have been talking about for a couple seasons now yeah. that we're finally going to get well, to this I'm, season. I'm f like fascinated. There's So we've done movies where you've seen it and I haven't and I've seen it and you haven't and this season we've got one that we've both seen but I don't think either of us have seen it in like 25 years. Yeah, I agree. So it's like we saw this a movie as children and then we're going to revisit for the first time as adults. Me shock. And it's going to be weird. We can say for certainty, at least I hope, that we don't look at it with such disdain as we yeah. have covered certain movies in the past on this show. Yeah, so, well, not uh, not too much for the waste of time this week, and we will allow you continue to send us emails. Please. Reach out on social media, reach out to all of our pages. The Pool Scener group on Facebook. Guys, be a part of it. That's where you're getting yeah. stuff first. It's like our Reddit. You yeah. shoot the shit there. We take your advice there. We integrate it into our show. It's all a part of the journey. Tell us, uh, tell us what you want to hear us talk about. If you want to view Paradise, tell us how you would view it, okay? Yeah. Oh, so something I will mention before we get out of here. I watched Space Jam 2. Okay, what's your verdict? I was going to take the kids to see it at the drive-in. They were excited, yeah. but it, we've had dreadful weather. That's uh, horrible. A week or more straight. It's pouring rain it's every day. It's monsoon season. It's awful. So we, I did, we decided to make it special. We decorated the living room, bought the kids Space Jam shirts and blankets and stuff and uh streamed it streamed it and i will say what i thought of it is it's not for me 
It's a fucking kids movie. Yeah. So to see all these people get so upset and angry. Dude, people are beyond pissed. People are like. Fuck LeBron. Yeah. Fuck you, yeah, Michael Jordan. It's like this movie is for children. It stars the fucking. It's got Superman in it. It's got Lois Lane in it. It's got fucking DC. It's got Harry Potter. It's got fu- it's kids shit. It's Looney Tunes. Yeah, it's not for our it's age. It's not for us. But no. there were a couple really good parts that I laughed at and I thought were nice, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. That was good. See, I've never even seen the original. But so. uh, yeah, there was. Yeah, my kids liked it. And that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if I liked it. It yeah. was fine. You know totally different movie than the first i can't even compare it but yeah so that that's yeah that's all i'll talk about jacob toretto also showed up on money in the bank the wwe pay-per-view jacob toretto everybody fast nine yeah also uh he just in another big movie he's coming out with suicide squad yeah there you go he's in suicide john cena everybody that's who he plays in suicide squad jacob toretto john cena oh he does can you see himself everybody else is just superheroes he's cena johnson john cena john cena as the next willy wonka there you go. Might happen. Because you can't see it. Great. Yep. <laughs> All <laughs> right. You. Signs, yeah. You will live in happiness too. Like the 